Hi, my name is Annie Grossman, and I'm a dog trainer. This podcast is brought to you by School for the Dogs, a Manhattan-based facility I own and operate along with some of the city's finest dog trainers. During this podcast, we'll be answering your questions, geeking out on animal behavior, discussing pet trends, and interviewing industry experts. Welcome to School for the Dogs podcast. Hey everyone, thank you as always for listening. If you're a dog lover in New York City, or maybe even if you're not in New York City, you may have heard that the Museum of the Dog has just opened after spending many years in St. Louis. It is now located in Manhattan on 41st and Park. And I am actually going to be at the museum this Saturday, March 30th, from 1 to 2, doing a training demonstration. So if you're around, please come on by. It is free. Sadly, it is not open to dogs, but my dog will be there doing a demo. And today, I have the pleasure of speaking with the museum's executive director. Alan, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? My name is Alan Falls. I'm the executive director of the AKC Museum of the Dog, which has just been moved from St. Louis to New York. And were you the director also in St. Louis? No, I was not. I um, had an association with the AKC for years when I was um, doing a uh, auction house's Doyle and Bonhams in New York, and we always had them uh, as one of our charity uh, benefactors um, for the um, the Humane Fund. And so I knew the, the people in the collection and actually praised the collection. Uh, what did you think of the collection then when you first saw it? Um, I've known it for years, um, and uh, there's some really great things here. And I also went out to St. Louis twice before I um, took the job I've, over, over the years. Um, there's some fabulous paintings here, um, and also a lot of interesting other you know, uh, teachable things that we have uh, from besides paintings and uh, sculptures, but there's also collars and trophies and uh, a whole variety of things we call Doggyana. <laughs> Doggyana, I love it. So tell me about how the museum first got started. In the early 80s, so a number of people uh, from the AKC and the uh, um, and dog lovers um, uh, formed a foundation because they didn't like the fact that uh, Geraldine Rockefeller Dodge's uh, collection in the 70s had sort of been dispersed. They thought they wanted to retain some of this. I, I, don't, I don't know about her collection. What was her collection? It was several thousand pieces. And, um, but she was a huge, you know, she was behind the Morris and Essex uh, um, dog show and uh, was probably the, the preeminent dog person in the United States. And she was uh, an art collector and a, a and, dog and lover, a dog I'm guessing? Yep, a dog breeder, yep. And she, she had you know, hundreds of, of, of dogs at, at one time. What kind of, she was a Rockefeller? Uh, yeah, Jardine Rockefeller Dodge. You know. And what kind of dogs did, did she breed? Shepherds were one of the, um, the main ones, um, and also I think there's some Bedlingtons in there. But and the Cocker Spaniel, she was sort of instrumental in the um, development of the American Cocker Spaniel as opposed to the English Cocker Spaniel. So she had amassed this huge collection of art, and when she died, it got left to the AKC. Is that right? No, this was, was confusing everyone. It's, it got dispersed, and the people at the AKC said. 
huh, we don't want that happening again. Let's start a museum. What I'm talking about is five years before this was formed, Mrs. Dodge's collection was scattered to the winds. And the people said, wow, we probably don't want to have that happen. Let's, let's see if we can collect, put a collection together here. Ah, oh, okay. Now, there are a few pieces that have come in uh, to us uh, by various ways that she once owned the Provence, but she was, that was sort of the inspiration for to say, let's, let's collect some of these things. Let's not, not have, you know, start a, a collection. And they started it in the New York Life Building, um, where the AKC had their headquarters upstairs. It was in the lobby of the New York Life Building at 51 Madison, and it was there for five years. And um, the great art dealer, William Secord, uh, is the major, uh, one of the major U.S. Um, dog art dealers, is, um, was the first uh, director. And then it was moved from Manhattan to St. Louis, I understand, because of rent prices, I'm guessing? There were, there were some incentives to go out there, um, and uh, there was, they, didn't have, they needed more space uh, than they had in, in Manhattan, and they went on out, out to St. Louis for 32 years. So how have pieces entered this collection? I would say almost 99% of it is, is, is donations. There are very few purchases. And tell me about the kinds of pieces that that are are part of this collection that's now been around for more than thirty years, I guess, right? Yeah, well, there's um, a lot of um, about half of it's three dimensional art um, in the form of ceramics and bronzes. That's a very big part of the, the collection of uh, of uh, dogs. Uh, people collect their there a lot of. Uh, um, uh, ceramic dogs and um, then about the other half is um, flat art uh, drawings paintings prints um, watercolors um, that hang on the wall and um, it's most of it's really geared towards the purebred dog and the fact that most of the people involved in the AKC are involved with their own breeds are there famous artists who have pieces in this collection or, or household name painters or sculptors? I don't know if there's household names per se other than we have a William Wegman um, photograph. He's a famous uh, dog photographer. Oh. Um, in in dog art world, yes, there are household names like um, the Earl family, George uh, and Maud. Um, and of course, um, probably the leading one is uh, um, Sir Edward Henry Landseer um, who's probably one of, who's a great painter in and of himself, let alone a dog painter. Um, when was when was he working? He was working in the nineteenth century, and he was uh, Queen Victoria's favorite. And in fact, that sort of ushered in the the the, his, the sort of the golden age of uh, dog painters, like eighteen forty to about nineteen forty. And because of Queen Victoria, people wanted to be like her, and she had you know anyone talk about seventy five dogs, and she sponsored and commissioned a lot of dog um, art. That was kind of when. Breeding got started, at least in America, right. isn't well, it? Well, even there, in, in, in England, um, the uh, first Britain confirmations were like 1851, and the kennel club there starts a little before us, I think 1873 or four. And um, so it's, 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 it's all you know, gaining momentum at, at that point. I've, I've heard, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that a lot of um, confirmation 
breeding started because of people sort of wanting to be like royalty who had these fancy dogs. And if you could get your hands on a, a couple of dogs like they had, you, you too could create, create your own population. Well, they, they um, wanted to, it became much more, it's a sort of kind of an English thing of categorization, you know, it was, and, uh, delineating things, um, uh, the, the famous uh, um, uh, sci- um, scientist uh, Linnaeus. You know, so we have you know, we talked about that and um, uh, how you describe each species and um, each of uh, these these breeds. So there's this try. They want to have some some conformity. Um, so you know what you were getting. Um, so they started to, to breed, you know, dogs for certain. They're, they're, they're purpose bred. You know, these dogs would be better for hunting. These dogs would be better for um, going after badgers. These dogs would be better for um, herding sheep. Um, they all had a job. So tell me about the move from the of the museum from St. Louis to New York City. I I understand it just opened a couple of weeks ago. We start. We opened on uh, officially on February eighth, um, and we we started construction started about a year and a half ago, and uh, we're um, we've now done very very well. We've um, uh, it has paid off. We are going to have. Um, all right, sorry. We did. We doubled St. Louis's attendance and revenue. Um, in 16 days. You mean the revenue for a year? For a year. <laughs> oh, wow. We doubled it. <laughs> well, what what brought about the move from St. Louis? That, <laughs> in a sense, um, the fact that in St. Louis they were they were it was a nice um, building and complex and, and they did a good job, but um, they weren't uh, you know. Getting the people in there, they just uh, were outside of St. Louis. They're about twenty miles, twenty-five miles outside of St. Louis proper, and in a nice suburb. But there was just no, um, uh, there was wasn't a whole lot of um, uh, foot traffic. Or, yeah, foot traffic or people coming through. Yeah, even the local people didn't know much about it. Oh wow! Huh. Now it's in the same building as the AKC. Is that right? Which which is where it had been before, yeah. We were bringing it back, which is, there's an advantage to that. One is that my first show, which we have, uh, for the love of all things, Dog, is a um, highlight of the two collections. People don't realize there's two separate collections. the AKC collection, which is normally housed on the fifth floor here, and then there's the Museum of the Dog collection. So I thought for the first show, we'd put our best foot forward and have highlights of both collections. Uh, the AKC collection started longer before, back in the late 19th century, shortly after they were formed. Um, but it um, has some very, it's smaller, it has about 260 works, and it's very high quality, um, mostly paintings. Uh, the uh, museum um, has about 1,700 uh, works now. And what is like the date range? What are some of like, are there modern pieces and very old pieces? Well, as I said, yeah, there's a, uh, you know, very modern things. We have a William Wegman photograph here. We have a, a, a lovely Spanish painting that was done in the 90, 1990s. We have people who have painted things in, in the from the, that were donated from the art show for the dog show, um, and that was um, uh, over the last you know twenty years or so. They've been giving us uh, contemporary works. 
Is it, what's the criteria to get in get, get into the museum? Do you have people trying to give you their paintings? Everyone does. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're, and and since we moved, actually, um, there were so many ceramics. And we had you know three hundred you know bulldogs. Uh, we decided to trim the collection down, and uh, through a process, the accession there's a sale of about um, nine hundred items um, out in. Uh, um, St. Louis, um, you know, where we left left behind, we decided to um, you know sell some of the things that were, were probably were duplicates. I mean, we have um, one particular uh, ceramic collie where there are nine of them. You know, I just don't need the same thing over and over again. It costs money to, in New York to um, store and maintain those. It seems like there are not usually art museums that are based on a topic rather than a period or a style. Um, you know, hard, hard to think, but it's, it's, you know, I'm thinking about it. there are, there are other dog museums out there. There's a, there's actually in Passau, Germany, there's a museum devoted to the Dachshund, just one breed. Um, but, uh, um, as they deserve. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting, but there, there are other, you know, different museums. I was listening to public radio the other day and they were offering this something where there's a guide to 110 museums in New York. So oh, I heard that, yeah. You, do, you don't even know about. You know. Were, were you included in that? I'm not sure because <laughs> we probably hadn't, you know, it probably was published before we, we got out there, but they did mention it when um, they did, they ran a piece on us. What kind of people are are coming to the museum? Well, it's a mix. We have our, our you know, we've had a lot of, we've had three, you know, events uh, with, with our AKC people um and we had a major brunch and so those were more of the um the donors and the the the, the people in dog fancy who um breed and own and are you know really the, the hardcore groups and then um what i found is that the museum works very well because it's a great collection but it also has um a cutting edge about seven cutting edge uh interactive um, digital displays and people congregate to different ones um, and then they go back to the um, to the collection we have find your match which has been the most popular where you don't find your match this kind of lifestyle but they it takes a picture of you and then uses some uh, visual identification and uh, matches you with what the dog <laughs> look like right I, I saw that now I have to ask what you got I generally get Boston Terrier. Sometimes it changes, but or a bulldog, but you know, it's fairly consistent. <laughs> um, and uh, that's the millennials love it because they get to email these things, and they it goes on social media, and then it's just you hear the howls and screams of laughter from that. Um, and then there, on the first level, we also have our Meet the Breeds table, which I call the heart and soul of the um, uh, operation. Is that we have a interactive um, flat you know, screen table with, where you get four different. Um, people working on it and you watch your dog come across the or your breed come across the screen and pull it down into the doghouse and you're given about six or eight different um, qualities their their what they look like their appearance their origin their past their future or the present um a fun fact and uh, what we have in the gallery and that's is this chock full of information which was being here in the AKC, I was able to rely on their expertise to fill that with content for all 193 
AKC accepted breeds. Um, then upstairs we have a um, uh, train your dog where we took a, a Labrador retriever puppy, a six months old lab, and put her in a, a cat a motion capture suit and uh, had her go through the tricks. And, and it's set up so that the seven foot screen responds to your um, hand gestures and your voice to train the dog to do sit, speak, spin, down, come, very stay. Very cute. Yeah, very cute. So it, it, it's, um, and the little kids love that. You hear them screaming. Her name is Molly. Or, and she, they're screaming Molly all the time. <laughs> um, and we have a community board, and we also have a, a board, uh, an interactive board with um, uh, about breeders and tells the story of breeders from the AKC. And what was really um Probably the most uh, I'm proud of and actually sort of uh, happy about is, is our library. We have 4,000 volumes of more general books from our 15,000 uh, volume AKC library. It's, a, it's an uh, amazing library. I, I felt like, okay, now I know where I can leave my books when, <laughs> when yeah. I go. So, where, where did so, all those books come from? Oh, over the years. You know, they, they were, you know, it's part of the AKC library. And um, we put some rarities out there in the cases from the from upstairs, and then we have this the general books for people to to to, to use. Um, I mean, the, the, we, have an, we have an activity table um, where people can draw and do puzzles, and um, you know, school groups can come through, and we post that on our community board. It's yeah, you have some really nice ways to engage people. The the library is is amazing in in the kind of niche books that are there. There's a whole section on just naming your dog. Yep. <laughs> and within that, I found like a book on naming your dog, like naming your dog with Gaelic translations of <laughs> regular names or something. Yeah, which like is, that. It's, it's, it's very funny that you must have had a reporter in one Saturday and was asking about this book, which um, about Irish names. Oh, really? So let, me, let me go over here. <laughs> that he knew as a child. He was about <laughs> 35, 40 years And there it was. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> Do you have any favorite pieces in the museum? Well, I think the um, the the crowd favorite is is uh, the Silent Sorrow by Maud Earle, which shows Edward the Seventh's dog um, Caesar, who he was very attached to, and Edward the Seventh being the son of uh, Queen Victoria, inherited her love of dogs. And uh, it shows, and it was so important that when Edward VII died, Caesar was included in the funeral cortege. And um, this shows, Mauro, in a brilliant stroke, um, shows Caesar resting his head on the his departed master's armchair. And the armchair itself is sort of faintly drawn, and as it goes up higher, it sort of blends into the background and fades much like the memory um it's it's, it's very touching people people love it and it shows earl's inventiveness and which which we will be featuring this summer um i have about 80 works by maude earl and uh, 40 works by marguerite kermsey and other women artists of the early 20th century so we're doing a show our next show will be um in july of women and dog art um in the 20, early 20th century You've mentioned her a couple times. Who was Maud Earl? Maud Earl was the daughter of um, George Earl and the 
nephew or the niece of Thomas Earl and the half sister of uh, Percy Earl. So she came from a dog painting family, but she, and George was very accomplished. George and Thomas were very accomplished, but she put a, put out a fairly large body of work. And I, we're uh, uh, mentioning that in my um, sort of immodestly that you know we're in my press release that we're re- her career is being reassessed, and that's a lot because I am. <laughs> it's like I'm since the last year. I'm going. Oh my gosh, what's this woman doing? Oh, she's doing this. Oh, and how she differs from other artists at the time, other ma- ma- male artists like Wardle or Bagari or other things like that. Well, when, so when was she painting, and was she British? She was a, Yes, she's British. She was from 1864 to uh, 1943. Um, and uh, 18, so 1864. Yeah, and uh, in 1915, she moved to America, actually, and uh, painted a lot of dogs here. Are you in touch with what's going on with the modern world of dog painting? Is there a modern world of dog painting? Um, or are there big, are there big collectors? Yeah, the modern world is, it, it, like, say, with... with Anything in the art world, it's um, hard to, to distinguish quality except by time. You know, time sort of reveals truth, and uh, so we you, it's easier to, to to see that from a distance. Uh, but we do have other people. There are some very good artists. I said that we have a Wegling. We have a couple of Christine Merrill paintings. Uh, she's a great um, uh, dog portraitist. We have her. her portrait of uh, Millie, the bush dog, um, and there's, there's others, and, um, you know, we just sort of have to be, we try to be selective and, you know, see what the trends are. Um, we'll probably have some shows up in the future with, uh, you know, uh, contemporary artists and photographers. What's the, the highest valued piece of work that you have in the museum? Uh, we, 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 we try to, I'm not really you know, supposed to talk about value with the, uh, um, with, uh, with my attorneys there, but uh, um, I would, it's not that expensive, the most expensive works. Uh, I came from the auction world, would sell from anywhere between two hundred and $400,000, you know, something like that in the today's auction world. So it's not a, not, not a huge amount of money. Oh, but you can't tell me which painting? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I, I liked the uh, porcelain Great Danes. Seemed like if you were going to have a Great Dane, a porcelain one might be the way to go. Well, we have a bunch of those, yeah. And um, we probably have some for sale in the 23rd in St. Louis in April. Was, was that kind of like a, a a trend to get large porcelain life-size versions of, of different breeds? Because it seemed like you had a few of them. Uh what it, it depended on the donor. As I said, um, you'll see a lot of mastiffs because Marie Moore gave us 300 mastiffs and paintings and, and uh, uh, one by the name of Cohn gave us over 300 bulldogs and um, Nancy Carol Draper gave us at least 150 Great Danes. So that's where that collection is, is heavy. And so in moving this here, I said, well, this is kind of top heavy. Much like a dog show, you wouldn't want to have you know 800 labs and you know, right. Uh, you know, just a few. Uh, so, so few when it players. when is the St. Louis so, auction? So I'm curious about this. <laughs> yeah, lots well, really the, the redundancies and the things that are of, of the quality. You think we we would want here? Um, things like I have two dog sleds, and one's in storage. I'm going to hang it someplace here, but the other one I don't need. 
so I mean, I get, one dog sleds enough. Um, and as I said, the colleagues, the Ashton applause by Royal Dalton, uh, the, the collector um, who gave us a really good collection of, uh, of um, uh, porcelains, um, was a collie person. So he had, you know, fifteen of them. So we're selling nine of them. And this is this it's, is in... it's, the same, it's the same thing. You know, it's the same thing over and over again. So there's no reason for right. us to spend. I worked it out, you know, in storage fees and handling. It'd be $50 a year for each one piece of porcelain. And this sale's happening in St. Louis in, in April or March? April 23rd. April 23rd. Well, we'll have to include information about that and if anyone wants to go to St. Louis to get their own. <laughs> well, they, they do it online. It's Leslie Hyman. It's an auction house I've known for years. Oh, interesting. Um, tell me about the skeleton that you have. Belgrave Joe is um, the, the mascot of the library. He sort of always lived there. He's always moved down here from the from upstairs. He belongs to the AKC. Um, but Belgrave was a very important uh, fox terrier. They said before Joe, there were um, terriers that chased foxes, and then after them, there were fox terriers. He sort of was a, a, a fundamental, seminal. Uh, producer in the, the breed who helped steer the direction of the of the, the breed uh he lived for 20 years and had a, a lot of offspring and um they said it, it, he his blood ran through you know almost half the fox terriers smooth in wire for you know dozens of years and in fact we have a painting downstairs of norna sadler who's a 25th generation removed uh, fox terrier that won something like 71 best in shows back in the late 30s. Interesting. But what's interesting about them, we're using them as a teaching tool. So we, we just got them photographed. They're going through the 3D animation. We're going to have them 3D printed for a <laughs> teaching tool. You're going to have the skeleton 3D printed? Yep. Wow. Or do you have any other future interesting shows that we should know about? Um, we've had, a, you know, there's always a lot of interest in the service dogs and the war dogs. We have two war dogs already, always faithful and, um, smoky, who were World War II dogs, um, cast in bronze here. And we, in this Memorial Day, we're going to be, um, honoring them, uh, as well as the Fleet Week, we'll have a sea dog here. And, uh, but also another sculpture from Susan Bahari of uh, Stubby, who was a, World War One dog, so we'll have to we'll have have them all here and you know give a, a, a salute to them during the, over the Memorial Day weekend. Cool. Uh, well, I'm going to be there on March 30th doing a little training demo, dog training 101, we call mm -hmm. it. And uh, if you're open to it, I have a couple suggestions for shows that I think you guys <laughs> could host in the future. Well, we have a list, but we'll, we'll talk about it, sure. <laughs> I, think, I think you could do one of um, illustrations, great illustrations of dogs. I, my father was, a, was an illustrator, which is why I'm interested in that. But I saw you did have some beautiful old posters, of like movie posters. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't have enough for but I have something somewhat, you know, a lot Along that line, but very different thing is this. Um, I have a collection of vernacular photography, um, which which is becoming very popular these days in the collecting world of just you know everyday pictures. And there's a woman who collected it from the back you know since the 70s. She would just go to estate sales and buy 
the old photo albums or get the dog paintings, pictures out of people's photo albums going back to the late 19th century. And so it, it, I wanted to do it because it, it's, it's how people see their dogs and how yeah. people, you know, and, for, and how they were seen in those days and what you would record with the photographs. Now and it's so different from what we have today because people just snap billions of images. Then, and the, the reason I call it the, the, the it's photos, please do not bend, because if you talk to anyone over 70, um, they write that on their, um, if they're sending photographs, they write that on, the, on their envelope, because when I grew up, um, photographs took a long time to get back. You had to go to the lab. And the, the present generation doesn't even understand one-hour photos, let alone two-week photos. Um, and they're, they're thought as precious objects, and they, they want to make sure that they didn't get bent in the mail. Um, so uh, it, it's taking a little different look at um, how people you know, interacted, lived with their dogs, and how they, what they chose to record. I love that. That sounds really exciting. I'd love to see that. My other, my other idea for you is to do a show of art by dogs. <laughs> yeah, hard, hard to say. Um, you know, I don't know if that'd be an entire show, but I think before that, I'd probably do a show with the dog artists, um, you know, who are contemporary ones. I think that's it's it's we, we want to keep the, um, the 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 art going, and um, there's some people will have in for demonstrations. Um, we're going to have drawing classes. Oh here. yeah. So. Um, with um, as, as my one of my colleagues says, we'll actually have live nude models. <laughs> Sounds like a good note to end on. <laughs> Fun dog fact of the day: Millie Bush, the English Springer Spaniel, who belonged to. Barbara Bush and uh, President George H.W. Bush. Uh, her painting is in the museum, but my fact is <laughs> that uh, she appeared, or was portrayed, I should say, on four different sitcoms in the 90s. Murphy Brown, Wings, Who's the Boss, and The Simpsons. And our woof shout-out today goes to my dog, Amos, who turns 14 next month. This Saturday, March 30th, from 1 to 2, he and I will be at the museum doing a training demonstration, so please come on by. And uh, later this week, we will also be doing a walkthrough of the museum on Instagram, so make sure you follow us at School for the Dogs. Thanks so much for listening. You can support School for the Dogs podcast by telling your friends about it, leaving a review, or shopping in our online store. You can learn more about us and sign up to get lots of free training resources when you visit us online at schoolforthedogs.com. 